0: Hi, you're listening to Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways, a podcast highlighting the best of Northeast Iowa. I'm your host and producer, Morgan Thias, the communication and outreach specialist for Northeast Iowa Resource Conservation and Development, also known as RC&D. We are a small nonprofit that serves seven counties in Iowa, Allamakee, Buchanan, Chickasaw, Clayton, Fayette, Howard, and Winneshiek in addition to byways that travel through Jackson, Jones, and Delaware Counties. Our mission is to recognize opportunities and provide leadership to make Northeast Iowa a vibrant, place-based model for the nation. We love the people and places that make Northeast Iowa unique and special. Hi there again. I'm glad you're back to hear what we have in store for you on Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways, a podcast highlighting the best of Northeast Iowa. As you know, we're here to learn more about things to do, see, and experience in the area. Today with us is Jake Dale and Clayton Lieb, the founders and owners of Driftless Quality Wear. I'm excited to hear from them today for so many reasons, but of course, the most obvious would be about their business. But they're also outdoor enthusiasts. Better yet, this duo attended college right on the River Bluff Scenic Byway in Fayette at Upper Iowa University. Now, neither of these two are originally from the Driftless region, but like many of us, it's found a special place in their hearts. During the time at Upper Iowa University, they played baseball together and thought, why not when it came to running a business? Clay, an accounting major, and Jake, a conservation management major, knew that combined they would have what it takes to launch a company and more specifically a brand that aligned with all of their favorite things and their vision. So you guys have heard enough from me. Let's let these guys talk a little bit. Welcome Jake and Clay. Why don't you kick us off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and what brought you to Northeast Iowa?
1: Well, first off, thanks for having us. Um, We're very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm Jake. Um, I guess I'm from Hastings, Minnesota, about 20 minutes south of the Twin Cities. What brought me to Upper Iowa, you know, was it was pretty much just baseball at the time. I, you know, I got recruited to play baseball, kind of like you said, and that was kind of the sole reason why I chose Upper Iowa uh, at the time. And then I kind of got down there and I really started experiencing, you know, all the recreational opportunities that the area had to offer and absolutely fell in love with the area. Came to realize that it was known as the Driftless and it was super cool and super unique. And, you know, again, absolutely fell in love with it. And Clay and I, you know, ended up making a brand out of it. So that's kind of my story, my back, my background.
2: So Yeah, thanks Morgan for giving us a chance to hop on here and talk a little bit about how we started our business. Um, my name is Clayton Lieb. I'm from actually a little sliver of Northwest Illinois that is in the Driftless region, just barely. Uh, I didn't really know that until I went to school and figured that out, but the way I got to Upper Iowa was the same as Jake, was baseball. I didn't really have any other reason to go to school there but yeah I didn't really start appreciating what was what was in northeast Iowa until I actually got to school and got to experience it firsthand Um, and that's where kind of fell in love with it and wanted to do something about it so.
0: Very cool did you guys both have interest in the outdoors and that kind of stuff when you did come to Upper Iowa?
1: I know, at least for me, like I was, you know, I grew up fishing and, you know, being outdoors and stuff and it it really kind of fostered when I, you know, when I got to Upper Iowa, I really, you know, Clay and I would always, you know, go out trout fishing. We'd really hit the streams hard and, you know, there was always that, you know, love for the outdoors and, you know, that passion really kind of came out as I got to Upper Iowa and got to experience more time there.
2: Yeah, I'm like identical to Jake. I, I grew up doing some fishing and some hiking and stuff, but I wasn't in an area where there was like a ton of outdoor recreational things to do. So when I got to school, that's kind of when I started doing more of it. And having Jake there too with someone else who was really interested in it helped out a lot because you didn't have to go by yourself. You always had someone to go with.
0: Very cool. So whose idea was it to start the business or how did that begin?
1: I don't know, Clay, if you remember who who specifically brought it up. I don't remember exactly, but you know, we were down at the baseball field one day, it must've been a weekend or something because it was just, it was Clay and then um, two of our roommates and myself, it was just us four. And I don't know if we were getting some extra work in or just playing catch or whatever, but we were down at the baseball field and we were just kind of hanging out and talking and talking about, you know, crazy ways to make money. And, you know, someone, you know, one of us just mentioned, you know, what if we made a clothing brand based off the Driftless area? I mean, we, you know, we love, we, I mean, we love the area as it is. We love being outside, we love trout fishing, camping, hiking, all that sort of stuff. Why don't we made a clothing brand inspired by the region? I mean, we're, we're obviously very passionate about it. We could, you know, we could do something about it and, you know, and, and as we were kind of talking, I think we all kind of like paused and, you know, Clay and I looked at each other and we were like, wait, like that could, that could actually work. We could actually do that. And it's, you know, something that's pretty realistic. And I think we just kind of ran with it from there and, you know, it's, it's worked out so far.
2: Yeah, I wish we had like some super cool story on how we started it or whatever, but it's actually pretty, (laughs) pretty low key. Like we were just kind of talking messing around about it. And then we were just kind of like, let's not talk about it anymore. Let's actually do something about it. So we, we set it up.
0: That's awesome. I
1: I think it was like that. It might have been that night, or it was you know a couple of days after, where we ended up in the computer lab making a logo. So I mean, it, it, it happened pretty quick. You know, once we had the, you know, the idea, we got on it pretty quick.
2: Yeah, I think I think we had an Instagram account set up that night when yeah, we originally. We yeah, we had an Instagram set up that night. So
0: social <laughs> media—that's the best way, right? Yeah, that's really cool that you guys took action. Because a lot of times you talk about stuff and it just falls right through. Kind of like this podcast. So it was really a joke. I went with a co-worker and we were driving around and I'm like, oh, we should start a podcast and call it Adventures with Morgan and Jared. And then we're like, wait a second. This is actually a really good idea. Let's run with it. Um, but do you guys want to tell me a little bit more about your business? What you guys actually offer?
1: Um. Yeah. So, I mean, we... I guess now, you know, it started initially, we, we, we tried to offer clothing and guided trips. And I, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, but um, that was kind of our initial offering. Um, and now we focus more on the clothing aspect of it. It's a little easier since we graduated college, just to kind of focus on the clothing side of it. So we, yeah, I mean, it's, it's driftless area themed, inspired apparel, uh, if you will, um, you know, sweatshirts, crewnecks, t-shirts, um, you know, snapbacks, you know, all sorts of hats, beanies, um, you know, really just trying to encompass everything that the Driftless has to offer into a clothing brand.
2: Yeah, and we have like three major markets right now. We're in um, retail, so directly off of our website is kind of our number one thing. And then we're also in a bunch of retail stores throughout the Driftless region. So we wholesale to a lot of retail stores. And then we also do a lot of events and markets, so you can actually go and see some of our stuff in person. And then we get to go out and talk to people and see what they think about some of our stuff and get feedback that way too. So those are like our three main markets that we're in.
0: Awesome. Um, You mentioned a little bit about your guided tours, backpacking trips, um, trout fishing. How was that when you guys started? Did you guys get away from that for a certain reason reason
2: it's just kind of a tough industry to get into in the first place especially in such a low populated area like the driftless it's starting to get a little bit better with tourism but that that line of work is like 100 percent based on tourism because the locals know all the drought streams and they know the you know the backpacking routes and stuff so they're not gonna they're not gonna be clients you're gonna look for more of a tourist um client but It's just a really tough, tough uh, market to be in. So I think that if we were both maybe still around Fayette, we would continue with that. And we did have some success from it when we were offering it. Um, Also, there's a ton of liability with those type of trips too. So It was a good experience. I'm kind of glad. I don't know how, Jake, you feel about it. I'm kind of glad we kind of strayed away from it a little bit because also that gives us more time on the weekends to go do some stuff that we like to do, and we don't have to constantly be worried about, you know, taking people with and, oh, we have to get these clients on fish this weekend. We can kind of just go out and explore more on our own.
0: Did you guys know what you were doing? If you're not from the area, did you just explore enough that you felt comfortable? Well,
1: we didn't start the business until our junior year of school. And by that point, um, you know, we knew the streams pretty well. We knew what was going to be good, you know, with certain times of year, you know, what what specific honey holes, you know, would be biting at that time of day and that type of thing. And, um, you know, we we got a pretty good feel for the area, especially in Fayette County um, of the trout streams there. Um, So we we were pretty comfortable with taking people around. We knew a lot of good spots, um, especially for fishing that people would have some success at. Did we completely know what we were doing, you know, probably not there you know are are there more experienced options absolutely but we kind of played into that too and we tried to offer competitive prices um and and you know with that being said we were still pretty confident in in the product that we could deliver so we just kind of went for it and yeah like Clay said we did have some success which
2: is cool.
0: Did you guys go together always or it was like one-on-one?
2: We did some of both I think it just kind of depended with our schedules with us being in college and playing baseball, our schedules were very different. So we kind of had to plan around that. If we could go together, we definitely would. Just having extra eyes and more insight was, is better.
0: Backing up a little bit, um, you guys did have a brick and mortar shop in Fayette for just a little while, if I remember correctly. What did that teach you? And you talked a little bit about your target markets and how did that form where you are now?
1: that that was that was such a cool experience um yeah we we had a pop-up shop in fayette for it was about three months um we struck a deal up with the city which owned a vacant building downtown and we were able to get in there for a three-month period and that was super fun especially you know in this day and age it it seems like retailers are moving away from the brick and mortar shops moving more towards e-commerce and and as our business continues to grow i think at least for me it really kind of showed me the like the value of having a brick and mortar shop that you can't necessarily um, like quantify in sales. I mean, we got so many people that just stopped in that just wanted to chat about the region, get to know, you know who we were. You know, these, are, these could be random people that are just in town for a football game or you know, they could be people that have lived in the area for 30 years. I mean, we got, we got a lot of different characters in the shop just to talk about who we are and you know, what the area is all about, which was super, super, super cool. And it's just another thing to consider as we continue to grow it's like you know that's something that you can't always get if you if you stick solely online i mean you, could, you you know you don't always have that human presence and it was really cool to kind of have that even if it was only for a three-month period
2: yeah i think it was a good test for us just because we knew that I mean, we still kind of know that we want to have some sort of a retail presence in the future so it was nice to kind of get a little bit of a taste of that to see how it would be um, being in Fayette's probably not the most ideal retail location, but it was cool to kind of not have a lot of pressure. We had a really low rent, so we didn't have to worry about, you know, making a whole bunch of money in sales or anything like that. But yeah, it was really cool to see the people come in, and people in small towns get excited about like weird type businesses. Like this isn't a business that's going to be in every town. So they get, you know, they get excited and they come from around too. I know we had a lot of people come in from West Union and Alcator and Old and Independence to, just to come check us out, which we thought was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, these small towns are so supportive of small businesses, and you guys just getting your faces in front of people and getting to talk to people makes a huge difference, too. Do you guys want to touch on how much your business has grown since then?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we started out, you know, just it was the fall of our junior year. We started out, our first two products were two um, two stickers, and that was the first kind of thing that we offered, and we did really just kind of started selling to, know, our roommates and really anyone who would, you know, be interested in buying them and, you know, we slowly started, you know, we we came out with four hats and a couple shirts and I remember um, we had them hanging up in a little display in our dorm room, Um, our dorm room windows kind of face the big walkway at Upper Iowa so you get a lot of student traffic passing by and we would hang up our Driftless shirts and you know we had like a little advertisement booth you know outside of our dorm room and now I mean it's grown quite a bit I mean we I think we have over like 70 products and you know we're you know like Clay kind of said we're in a bunch of retail stores across the Driftless area and you know it it has grown a lot and we're you know we're super excited about what's you know and what I guess what the future kind of has to bring too.
2: Yeah, I think the, the first real like step we took is once we got that brick and mortar shop, people kind of realized this wasn't like a mess around, have an Instagram account type of thing. Everyone kind of opened their eyes a little bit and be like, oh, like they're they're actually getting a store like this is pretty serious. Um, but it's been fun to watch it continue to grow with adding all of these new retail locations and you know going to these events year after year to now we're seeing people walking around wearing some of our stuff which is really really cool to see somebody you don't know wear wear your brand and you'd be like hey you know that's my company type thing and we hear good things all the time from people that wear our stuff and it's just really cool to to kind of see the presence that it's gotten
0: yeah that's incredible i know you guys both have graduated and moved out into the real world but um, how are you guys progressing your business? Cause I know you're not living in the driftless area right now. Are you still planning to keep it here? Or are you taking that with you? Yeah,
1: I think kind of talked about it too. Like, like, you know, how, you know, where exactly do we want to go? You know, do we want to try to move out of the driftless and that sort of thing? And. You know, I, at least for me, like you want to keep elements of the driftless and something that's so cool about the area is that it's so relatable. There's so many different activities recreationally that you can do to where you can kind of, you know, to where someone who may not live in the driftless or even really know what the driftless is can still relate in some fashion, you know, whether it be fishing or hunting or, you know, snowboarding, any of that sort of thing. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do here that it, it really makes it relatable to, I mean, pretty much any region that, you know that, especially in the Midwest that, you know, that you could think of. We want to keep the elements of the Driftless 100%, but we also wouldn't be opposed to potentially relating to a a, a market outside of the Driftless.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think at the end of the day, Driftless is home. It's always going to be home for the business. Um, We're going to try to keep as much base out of the Driftless as we can, but we're definitely not opposed to opening up some new markets. Um, Even this coming summer, we're looking to add some potentially some stores that are outside of the Driftless. So it's kind of tough because the Driftless is a small, small area. So for a business like ours to succeed, it's probably going to have to get bigger than that. And we've noticed a little bit, even with like our online sales, that a lot of our sales aren't even going to people in the Driftless. It's people outside of the Driftless that, that come in. Like um, I know Des Moines is really big for our online sales and Chicago even too. That's not in the Driftless, but a lot of the people are starting to know about it. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's always going to have some sort of a presence in the Driftless.
0: That's really cool. And I'm sure it'll start by growing with areas really close to the Driftless, but people coming in, I'm sure, are interested and take it as a souvenir or something like that and keep coming back. So let's give the business talk a break. Let's talk about what you guys like to do for fun. You mentioned you started out when you were younger fishing, and then when you came to Upper Iowa, it kind of transitioned, and you got to do that more often. Do you guys want to talk about that?
1: Like we said, when we got to Upper Iowa, we, we really hit the fishing hard. Um, I, I mean, we went all the time. Uh, we went to all these, all the, <laughs> I, I can't even remember all the streams that we went to. And it was, you know, me, Clay, and you know some of our other buddies, you know, what. We'd just go out to these streams and we would fish and we we weren't huge on fly fishing when we got to college and then we definitely evolved into more of a fly fishing specific type of type of angler especially for trout um we kind of grew into that which was really kind of fun to, to kind of get into that together we we were fishing all the time it was it was a blast it really was
2: yeah i think it was pretty cool how we could we could kind of blend the two together. I know we've gone on some trips that we used kind of as marketing material for the business when we were the senior year at the kayak trip, I think it was senior year. Yeah. It? Yeah. That was
1: yeah fall of senior year.
2: Yeah. Of- we, we ended up closing up our brick and mortar and we kind of advertised that we were going on this big kayak trip and Jake and I took three or four days and kayaked the Volga river. So that was really cool to spend a few days on the river and, and, kind of get to do it for fun but also we kind of used it as a a marketing tool too and we just did one this last summer at yellow river state forest where we went out for the weekend and did every trail they had there and we we just keep planning more of them too so it's kind of cool that we can use our our love for the outdoors and kind of weave it in with our business a little bit too
0: when you're enjoying what you do it's not even work it's like oh we're gonna go for a hike and then cross marketing you get to use that stuff that's even better do you have any trout fishing advice for our listeners?
2: Get a fly rod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, You gotta be patient. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, at least, you know, I, I've tried to bring some buddies trout fishing, and I think one of the hardest things is to stay patient with it. If you catch three trout in a couple hours on the water, that's a pretty that's a pretty good day, and, you know, a lot of people... That at least, you know, in my experience that I've talked to, um, you know, it's not always the most invigorating thing. Um, You know, it can definitely be a little, you know, you got to be a little more persistent in some cases. I think patience is a really big thing.
2: I think people, even the people that live in Iowa sometimes don't realize how good, good it is to have that much trout fishing. I know like here in Illinois, we have similar geographical nature. So like we could have a whole bunch of trout streams here, but we don't because we don't have the funding for it. So I think that's really cool that Iowa has so much trout fishing and people should be extremely grateful for that. And also it's a huge revenue booster for the state. I know that they they've put numbers out there on how much money the driftless brings just in trout fishing licenses and trout stamps from out of staters. It's a ton of revenue that comes in from it. Um, So it's just really important to take care of those trout streams and and uh, make it available to as many people as possible.
0: So at the risk of sounding silly, how does trout fishing differ from any other sort of fishing? Is it the type of equipment that you use? I mean, you
2: can fly fish for any fish really, but it's, you're just more likely to find, to attach fly fishing with trout fishing because they they eat a lot of surface flies. So that's where like your flies come into play. So that's where it's really really popular. I don't think there's a ton of differences between trout fishing and and regular fishing. I guess the main difference, the best part about Iowa trout fishing is you can fish for trout all year all, all year long because the streams usually don't freeze over. So that's kind of cool like you can you can fish for these fish identically the entire year if you wanted to.
1: And another thing too is trout live especially in the Midwest, live in an environment that a lot of other fish don't really live in either. A lot of people fish, I guess, in the driftless fish in the Mississippi River, for example, and you're not going to find trout in the Mississippi River. You know, you're going to find them in these in these smaller, you know, spring-fed, you know, streams and creeks with, with really clean water. It's not necessarily the biggest or the widest, you know, stream. You know, it's, I, I remember when we really were starting to get into it and we would go to some of these creeks that we saw posted online on the DNR website as trout streams. And they were so skinny that you couldn't even believe there was decent sized fish in there. And it, I think it just kind of adds to the challenge. It adds to the allure of, of trout fishing is that sometimes you, you, know, you can't even believe that there's fish in some of these streams because they're so small and they're so skinny. And I think that's just another aspect of it too, is that it's, it's, uh, it's a unique environment for sure that they can kind of persist in.
0: Do you guys tie your own flies, or do you just buy them?
2: Try to tie as many as you can. It's very, it's very time-consuming though. So sometimes you have to support your local fly shops, and <laughs> un- unfortunately, I think Iowa only has one right now. It'd be cool if they got if they got another one, but you can't find them very, very many places.
0: It's a more of an art form than it is. I'm gonna it go is. fly fishing, so I better tie my flies. I think people just really enjoy doing it.
2: Yep, that's very true.
0: Um, Do you guys have any hiking or backpacking tips for the region? Or what's your favorite place to hike in this area?
1: Oh, it has to be Yellow River for me. Um, Me I mean, that that area is absolutely unreal. And I think it has the largest trail system, at least in the area. I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but I know I have heard that before. So I mean it's absolutely beautiful and there's so many trails to explore and you know it's yeah, I mean some of the views that you get there too are absolutely incredible so I mean that has to be top of us for me.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean it's it's like the most untouched thing you'll find up in that corner of the state. It's just you can get lost there and you wouldn't know that you're Anywhere near civilization, I think that's pretty cool.
0: I've hiked Yellow River some, but not as much as I'd like. That can be my summer 2021 (laughs) goal. Do you guys have anything else you want to share either about your business or things that you like to do or see in the area?
2: Not that I can think of. I guess if you're looking for things to see in the area, I would say definitely hike to the falls near Decorah. That's definitely on top of my list. Yellow River State Forest is really cool. Backbone State Park is really cool. Um, Volga River Rec Area is really, really cool. It's a really big park. Um, and just just go out and find the little ones, too. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of little stuff that you can find that isn't necessarily in a state park or anything like that. I mean, if you just go drive around in, in Northeast Iowa, you're bound to find something pretty cool.
0: Thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Before we end here, I'm going to have one more thing that I call rapid fire. But Northeast Iowa style, I'm going to ask you something and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you guys ready?
2: Yeah.
0: All right. What's your favorite winter activity?
1: has to be snowboarding for me. I'll
2: go with trout fishing.
0: What about summer activity?
2: Trout fishing. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
0: (laughs) Should have guessed. Okay. What's your favorite meal or restaurant in Northeast Iowa?
1: For me, it has to be, we would always head over to, uh, we'd always head over to Dotsie's in Elgin. And we would always have the Southern burger over there with the big cheese ball that, you know, you collapse the cheese and, and you know, it goes everywhere and and then we'd always get the the cookie afterwards, like the oven baked cookie and comes out in that big cast iron skillet. And that was, oh my gosh, it was incredible. That has to be it for me.
2: Yeah, that that's my favorite place too. A close second for me is Toppling Goliath. Definitely the best beer, but their food is really, really good too.
0: Both really good choices. Actually, Dotsy's recently closed, which is super unfortunate. Oh, no. But that my burger f- and no I know way. exactly what you're talking about. It was so oh good. My gosh. Yeah. That's worst that's news really ever. Really Sorry sad. to end on that, guys. <laughs> that's um, really sad. Okay, so Iowa State or Iowa. Go
2: hawks. Iowa I gotta, I gotta go Hawks.
0: Kayaking or canoeing?
2: I'm a
1: kayaker. I think I'd, I'd go for that. They're, they're pretty close, but I think we've done more kayaking in the past.
2: So Yeah, I'm the same kayak, but I got nothing against a canoe.
0: What about the best pizza? Where do you find the best pizza?
2: It has to be Mabes in the Cora. I'm going to go TJ's. TJ's is my favorite.
0: I think I'm a TJ's lover, but DT's <laughs> and Fayette, their cheeseburger That's... is to die for
2: we got a shout out there buffalo chicken pizza because we had a lot of those in college
0: casey's or quick star
2: i mean i i'm more of a
1: quick star person myself living up in minnesota it's it's known as quick trip up here and i absolutely
2: love it so i'm gonna have to go with quick star yeah i besides casey's pizza i would definitely go quick star over casey's
0: okay last question best fishing spot okay you don't really have to tell me that unless you want to But really, what is the best piece of advice for up and coming entrepreneurs?
1: I think just go for it. I mean, I I think you can have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things going through your head when you're thinking about just, you know, starting a business, especially when, when, you know, you, you really don't know the next steps and, you know, what you got to do and, and where do you really go from having that idea. Um, I would say just go for it and and, you know and learn as you go you know it's really not as scary as it seems and it's a pretty fun time
2: in the process so. Yeah I would say ask somebody about what's in the field that you're looking to go into and don't don't think about what other people are going to think because that's going to keep you up at night and it's going to drive you somewhere you don't want to be so just just do it if you really want to do it and don't worry about what other people think
0: great advice. Thanks again to you both. Before I let you go, can you tell our audience how they can connect with you or your business for questions, comments, or even purchasing some of your Driftless Quality Wear?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, so we're on, you know, all your typical social medias, um, Instagram at Driftless Quality Wear, Facebook at Driftless Quality Wear, Twitter and TikTok also as well at uh, QW. Um, Our website is DriftlessQualityWear.com. Clay, I don't think I'm missing anything.
2: If you want to send us an email, DriftlessQualityWear at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. And to our audience, you can find these links for Driftless Quality Wear and RC&D in our show notes. Don't forget, you're always encouraged to submit ideas, questions, or connect with us at RC&D, and we'd love to hear from you. Tune in every week for new episodes highlighting business development, recreational activities, historic locations, Natural resources, and of course, helpful hints to make your trip along the byway an incredible one. You can also find us on Facebook, online at northeastiowarcd.org, or by contacting our office in Postville. A special thank you to the staff at RCD in Postville and the byway coordinators all across Iowa for helping make this podcast possible. Thank you again for listening to Bluffs, Brooks, and Byways, and remember, Adventure awaits, and the byway can take you there.